home always. I, I miss home. I do. And um, I count it as a blessing that I get to be here with you all today. And uh, there's something beautiful that happens with distance, and it uh, makes the heart grow fonder. It does. And when I come home, it's such a special occasion for me. I don't get to be in service with you guys enough, um, but I am so thankful to be here today. And I, I want to say this. I love that every time that I come home, I can count on that, that your spirit is going to be here and ready to connect with God. You know, I'm, I'm in Frankfurt every week, and we connect with God there, and I, I come here and I feel that same spirit. We're, we're, we're one body, Pastor. We're one body. We may be in different parts of the country. We may be in different locations, but we're one body with many members, and I'm thankful to be here with you today. Um, if you could just continue standing, and you can go to the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm going to be preaching you, to you today out of Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. My title is the Memorial of Prayer. And before I, before I begin, I do want to give honor to your pastor. I love him so much. Obviously, he's my older brother. I have to. And <laughs> he was my youth pastor growing up. And I've always said I just want to be like him. And that's true today. I want to be like him. Thank you for all my family who's here today. Thank you for all of you who are here today, every guest in the house. Could we give a hand for, for all the guests that are in the house today? I love seeing new faces. I grew up here, and I don't recognize about half of you, so that's awesome. That's awesome. I know that, that you guys are growing, and, and uh, God is, is doing a work here in Kenderville. But in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and prayed. Everybody say he prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him, and it said unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before a memorial, or come up as a memorial before God. I want to preach to you today the memorial of prayer. But before we begin, I wonder if we could set our Bibles down, if we could lift our hands, and if we, as one body and one voice, if we could start by praising God in advance for what He's getting ready to do this morning. I came with expectation this morning. God, I love you, Jesus. I thank you for what you're about to do, Lord. I thank you for the miracles that are about to happen in this house. I thank you, Jesus, for the faith that showed up in this room this morning, God. I thank you for a praying people, God. I thank you for a church that's a, that is devout to you, God, that is one that is called to prayer. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. You can be seated if you're going to preach with me. Good. I'm glad you're all going to preach with me. Today, for a few moments, I would like to testify to you about the power of prayer. I, like many of you, grew up in a household whose walls were a sanctuary of prayer. From the time that I was an infant, my mother and my father taught me to pray. They guided me through my first prayers. It began with prayer before meals and prayer before bed. I'd close my little eyes and fold my little hands, and I'd speak in just a whisper, and I didn't know what to say, so I'd mimic my mom and my dad. I'd copy what they said, and I'd copy the tone in which they said them. We prayed at home. We prayed at the restaurant. We prayed before school. We prayed before the t-ball game. We prayed before a road trip. We prayed before dinner. We prayed before bed. We prayed on the way to church. We prayed when grandma was sick. We prayed when the cat was sick. We prayed when the dog was sick. We just prayed all the time. 
I didn't know a day without prayer. I didn't know a need without prayer. I didn't know a meal without prayer. I didn't know anything without prayer. My mother was and is a woman of prayer. Some of my earliest memories are being in church and I'd be sitting there on her lap. She'd hug me close and pray over me. I remember the reverberations of her voice that were soothing me to a state of calm and peace. I remember the assurance I felt as she would cry out to God and say, Oh God, protect my baby. Jesus, watch over my son. Lord, help me to raise him in your will. Lead and guide him. I dedicate him back to you. He's yours. Let this child be in your hands. I can remember those moments, Mom. I can still remember falling asleep to the sound of your voice, lifted up in prayer and song to our God. I remember being brought to the altar when I was sick to be anointed. I remember being so sick and weak in body that I couldn't come to church. And and my mom and my dad would come in the room and they would anoint me with oil. And they'd lift their hands in the room with their faith. And they'd lift their voices unto God. And they'd call out upon the name of Jesus. My father is and always has been a man of prayer. Part of my inheritance from him is the knowledge of going to prayer in every crucial aspect of life. I'll never forget the calloused hands of my father as he laid them upon my head and prayed passionately over me. I remember the dedication of this very building. I stood in this room at the age of 12 and my father wrote the names of our backslidden family upon this concrete floor right back there in that corner. And I remember the tears that he cried as he called out to God to save his his loved ones. I've never felt such a strong presence of God that would wash over me than when we were in family communion in these very altars. The feeling of God's presence was branded into my spirit as my father covered our family in prayer. I'll forever see his tear-stained face as he lifted up his voice weeping in thanks for the price that Jesus paid for him and his family. And I can testify to you today that at the most critical points of my life while growing up that my father made every decision only after consulting God in prayer. Is anybody thankful for a prayer-filled home? Is anybody thankful for the, for the uh, heritage of prayer that is in this movement and that is in this church? Prayer was not confined just to the walls of our church or even to the walls of our home. Prayer permeated every aspect of our lives. We did not make decisions without going to God in prayer. We did not trust our own judgment without going to God in prayer. We did not shy away from prayer when peer pressure would have made it easier to pray in secret. Guess what? I prayed at the lunch table at school's kids. I did. I prayed and I was made fun of and that was okay. I did not shy away from peer pressure. We are a family that prayed around the altar. We prayed together in the living room at home. It was not uncommon for the sound of my mother praying in the spirit to fill our home. Me and my siblings were comforted and inspired by the sound of her voice lifted up in prayer. I remember waking up with oil spots on my forehead. Our doorways were anointed and prayed over. We prayed around the dinner table. We prayed at school. We prayed wherever we were. We prayed for ourselves. We prayed for our pastor. We prayed for our loved ones. We prayed for our friends. We prayed for strangers as the ambulance drove by. We we prayed for peace. We prayed for patience. We prayed for an answer. We prayed for safety. We prayed for sinners. We prayed for lost loved ones. We prayed for a harvest of souls. We prayed because there is power when you go to God in prayer. At church, we lifted our hand, or we, we laid our hands on people and prayed for God's touch. We prayed for those who needed a miracle. We prayed for those who needed salvation. We prayed for the people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. My grandfather is sitting in this room today, and I remember the story. The desire of 
Prayer has been a generation, a generational blessing in my family. And I remember the story of my grandfather. He was a young man. He was at work and he was running the mill and he began to pray and ask for God to fill him with the spirit. And there at work in a special moment with God, he was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost as he prayed. My sister Amanda, who's not able to be here today, I remember shortly after she was adopted, she began to desire to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it hadn't happened while she was at church, so she came home and she began to pray. She went upstairs to her to her room, the room I slept in last night. And she went upstairs to her room and she prayed at her bed. And she asked God to fill her the, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave her the ability and filled her with that precious gift of the Holy Ghost. At the age of seven, I didn't know a whole lot. But I knew I was supposed to go up and pray for people at the altar. So I went up and we had a young man who was praying for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And me at seven years old, I laid my hands on him and I began to pray. And all of a sudden, I began to speak in a language that I I didn't understand. And I realized, oh my word, I'm praying for this young man. But I just received the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was in prayer. It was in prayer. And I can promise you this. when, When we pray, things begin to happen. Amen. When we pray, stuff begins to shift in the spirit. When we pray, God's spirit begins to move. When you pray, the doors will be open. When you pray, you can move mountains. Prayer is the key to heaven's storehouses. I'm thankful for the heritage of prayer in my life. It was common in our house to hear stories about the power of prayer. I've learned that it's not just prayer alone, but it's your faith combined with your prayer that will see mountains moved. But I remember stories growing up, and as a young man, it was imperative for my faith in God that I was told stories of the power of prayer. I can remember sitting down at the table at Applebee's after church and hearing about these stories, that the power of prayer. And I remember faith filling my heart as I longed to see the results of prayer in my life. It was the testimony of others who inspired me and instilled me with the desire to pray and seek God. As I would listen to these stories of my parents and my elders, my faith would begin to increase. Many of those stories have stuck with me through the years. And I can recall stories of my family being visited by angels when they were in in need and calling out to God. My brother Aaron and some other children witnessed a visible angel on the Hartford City campgrounds while the service went late into the night with prayer. I've heard stories of God's power and miracles happening overseas. I've heard of men in our movement who have been full of faith and prayed without ceasing. I've heard stories from Africa where there was a man that was dead for three days. He was brought back to life. He had been wheelbarrowed from his home by his wife to a crusade service. And when they approached where the services were, the power of prayer was so thick that the man was brought back to life before anyone even laid hands on him. Billy Cole, a man in our movement who's now passed, he was a powerful man in prayer. And I've heard the story about when he was in Thailand. He was on his way to a church that needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost and his car was stopped from getting to the church because of a flooded river that had washed out the road. Billy Cole decided that if God could do it in the Bible, he could do it today and he got all the faith that he had together. He stepped out of that car. He took his jacket off. He smote the water like the prophet Elijah and the river divided and they drove across on dry ground and there was a mighty infilling of the Holy Ghost that happened. And the Bible says that this kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. This is available to us. This is available to you and me today. These are not just stories, but I'm telling this today to inspire somebody. 
Growing up, I was taught that nothing is too hard for God if you'll pray. These weren't just stories to me. They were memorials to the power of prayer. Prayer is the heritage of my family and my faith. That's why there was a kindred spirit when we came here at this church for the first time when we began attending. That's why there was a kindred spirit between our family and this church. It was just a little brick building on a lot that seemed big at the time. I remember being seven years old and coming with my family. We'd sit near the back on the left side of the sanctuary facing the platform. I remember Sister Endress playing the piano. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Sister Endress playing the piano and Brother Michael Archambault playing the drums and singing at the same time. More talented than I am. <laughs> I remember as Pastor Archambault would open up testimony service and Sister Amber Bricker, you'd begin to testify. She spoke of how God had saved her and redeemed her. And all of a sudden I began to feel right at home again because the church would break out in prayer and worship. And we would worship and we'd dance and we'd praise God. And prayer broke loose and the Spirit of God began to fill the house. It didn't take long to find out that this church knew how to pray. I remember the spirit of prayer so thick that we prayed late into the night. I remember the presence of God so thick that this place was shaken and nobody wanted to leave. I, I remember the blended sound of dozens upon dozens of voices crying out to God, just wanting more of his presence. It was like thunder that would roll out from this building into the streets. I, it was as if the prayers would burst out of the doors and go into this city. I remember the spirit of intercession. That would fall heavy on this congregation. We prayed for lost loved ones. We prayed for the fatherless. We prayed for the hurting and the broken. We prayed for millions overseas without a witness. We prayed for the high, the fire of, ho- of the Holy Ghost to fall. The church always has known how to pray. We anointed the sick with oil and we prayed. We called everyone forward who had a need and the church prayed and prayed. We did. I tell you what, this church was built on prayer. This church was built on prayer. Brother Miller, I called you this week because I wanted to make sure I got my story right. I, I, I don't ever want to lie from the pulpit. <laughs> I remember when we were in the other, the other side of the church here. It was a small building. We were just a small gathering of people. And a foster child had been brought to him. And this baby had been abused to only a few months old. And a misguided father had unfortunately allowed this allowed some anger to overcome him. And this baby had a broken bone. It was in its hip, and it was broken up near the socket. It was a bad deal. They didn't know how they were going to get the bone to reset. They had put in multiple body casts, trying to get that bone to reset itself, and it couldn't happen, it couldn't happen, it couldn't happen. They brought the baby up to be prayed for. And I remember as I sat back on the left side, and they brought the baby forward, and, they, and the leaders of the church came and anointed that baby with oil. And I remember... As the Spirit of God began to move, and we began to believe, because I tell you what, when faith is combined with prayer, something begins to happen. It's good when we pray, but if we don't believe, we're not doing anything. We gotta pray, but we gotta believe, and we believe that God was gonna do something in that baby. And I called Brother Miller to make sure I had it right. But when they took that baby to, to get some x-rays, some final x-rays, because they decided that the break was too bad, and it wasn't setting, and it wasn't healing, they decided that what they needed to do was to go in and put some pins and just make sure that that bone aligned. And when they got there for the x-rays, 
When they got there for the x-rays, I'll tell you what, those bones had been reset already, and two weeks worth of healing had already happened. They just said, "I, I don't know how to explain it. The doctors couldn't, the doctors couldn't explain it. They said two weeks ago, somehow, somehow miraculously, without explanation, this bone has been reset. Come on, I'll tell you what. I've seen God do some miracles when we pray. I've seen God work some crazy things when we pray. I remember being in youth class as a kid. And Uncle Brent was leading class one morning. We had a girl, I don't remember why, but she had lost all the hearing in one of her ears. A young man, one of the quietest young men in our youth group came up and, 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 and Uncle Brent had him come up and he said, I just want you to pray for her. And he laid his hand on her ear and he prayed the most simple prayer ever and boom, popped open her ear. I remember, I remember when this church would bring people forward and you still do it today. There's a reason we bring you up here. It's not for religion. It's for experience. We are here to experience the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. Because I tell you what, the book of Acts church is not dead. We are alive and well today and we're here in this building. And I expect that if God has called us and God has purposed us to reach the world, he's not going to let us do it alone, but he's going to be with us if we will pray. This is our heritage. Prayer in the Old Testament was the thing that caused the sun to stand still as Joshua and his armies defeated their enemy. It was through prayer that Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, was healed from her barrenness. It was through prayer that Elijah called fire down from heaven to consume his offering. It was through prayer that Elijah called upon the skies to bring forth rain. It was through prayer that he prayed for a boy who was brought back to life. And it was so. It was in a prayer meeting when the Holy Ghost first fell on the 120 in the book of Acts chapter 2. It was in a prayer meeting that broke the chains loose as Peter was set free from his prison cell. It was the apostles that would lay their hands and pray that the sick were healed. It was prayer that overcame cultural barriers. It was prayer that settled church disputes. It was prayer that spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. It was prayer that was the key to God's power in the first century church. And nothing has changed. And yes, it was in a prayer meeting that the first century church re-emerged into modern times. In a little broken down building on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, a group started to pray. They prayed without ceasing back in the early 1900s and God began to move. The spirit began to flow and people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They kept praying and God kept moving. They prayed and just like in the Bible, people began to be healed of all kinds of problems. Blinded eyes were opened. Deaf ears were opened. Legs that were too short began to grow until they matched. Missing limbs began to grow. Tumors fell off. Devils were cast out. People were set free from addictions. Children were were being used by God. And when the children would pray... When the children would pray, God would would heal people. The fire fell from heaven on that place for years and the prayer never stopped. Hundreds of thousands came to experience what was happening all because the power, there is power when you pray. Prayer always has been and always will be the avenue in which the power of God flows. Prayer is and always has been the answer to every need. Prayer is the last thing that we want to do, but the first thing that we ought to do. Can I get an amen? If you study the word of God, you'll find that a prayerless person is a powerless person. 
A prayerless home is a powerless home. A prayerless church is a powerless church. But oh, when we can set aside a little bit of time to pray, I'll tell you what, there is nothing that we can't see happen because God is with us when we pray. His word says that if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then... Then will I heal them from heaven. Then will I heal their land. Then will I work in their lives. Then will I move in their church. Then will I move in their communities. Then will I send a harvest. I'll tell you what, if this church would buckle down and pray and believe, and if we'd get up the fire of the Holy Ghost shut up in our bones, if we'd find a prayer closet at home, there is nothing that God will not do. Shut down. My God, I love being in a spirit-filled church. My God, I love being a prayer-filled church. I know that there's people in here that know how to pray. I've seen you pray. I'm here because of your prayers. Just four weeks ago, I had a dear saint come to me before, before Sunday service. Her, her grandson is in my youth group. He's 13 years old and he doesn't have a great home life. His parents had been neglecting to take care of an ear infection that had set in for several weeks. His name's Tyler. The infection had gotten so bad. He completely lost all the hearing in his right ear. She said, she came to me and she said, he woke up this morning and there was blood all over the pillow. Tyler was in bad shape. He was not very comfortable. He was definitely in a lot of pain. And Sister Willard asked if we could please pray for him. And I told her, of course, we would take some special time in class to pray. And at the conclusion of my message that day, I challenged my students in my class to step up to the plate. They gathered around Tyler and we laid hands on him. And there was a powerful faith that rose in that room. And we called upon the name of Jesus and commanded the pain and the infection to go. And I'll tell you what, instantly Tyler began to have tears stream from his eyes as the pain was immediately removed and his hearing was immediately restored. I'm not talking about some faith-filled evangelist. I'm talking about 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds that have said, I'm going to decide that I believe this for myself. I'm going to lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover because it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're new to church, if you've been in church your whole life. If you will put your faith with your prayer, God will move. Something's happening. Something's happening in our in this generation. There's a desire for nothing less than a book of Acts experience. Last Sunday night, I witnessed as one of my 12-year-olds. The 12, I mean, just came into the youth group. He laid hands on a woman who's an elder in our church. And I saw that little Benny had some faith to believe that God could move through him. I instructed him to tell the pain to leave in the name of Jesus. And he took the words that I gave him. He combined that with his faith in God. And instantly, God touched Sister Butler. When Benny spoke the words in the name of Jesus, she was hit by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the pain instantly got better. That same night, another one of my 15-year-olds named Taryn prayed over a young man with some back pain. And there were, and, and it was through that young man that, that he testified that, that that pain had left his back. There's power when you pray. That same night, I've got a young man in my youth group. His name is Barrett. He's one of the quietest kids I've ever met. We call him okay because that's like all he says. Ask him a question. He says, okay. 
quiet, timid. I'll tell you what, there's something that's been rising up in Barrett this past few months. Uh, all of a sudden, he's, he's began to step out and worship like he never has before. All of a sudden, he's begun to lay hands on people and pray like he never has before. And last Sunday night, I watched as Barrett came, and came to a man that's, that's been in our church for a few years. And, and this man had some, some severe ear pain all night long. He said he had been sitting there pressing on his ear because there's something going on. And, and the hearing was, was, was basically gone. He said there's a lot of pain. And I watched as Barrett, a 14-year-old, quiet young man, came up, laid his hands on his ear and said, in the name of Jesus, I command the pain to go and the pain left. And about over about four minutes time, the pain was gone and Hector began to smile. He began to open. He said, I, I haven't felt this good in a while. And he said, my, my hearing's even coming back. And, and God will move through you when you pray. God answers prayer. He responds to faith. The Bible says that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I said shall save the sick. Shall save the sick. These signs shall follow. That doesn't give it an option. That doesn't give it an out. These signs shall follow them that believe. God is a prayer answering God. There is power when you pray. I'm about done. Music can come. I'm about done, God's not. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's power when we begin to pray. It was about six years ago that I decided I was sick of telling other people's stories. I was sick of just sharing what God had done for other people. I began to combine my faith with my prayer. And I'll tell you what, I, got, I established a prayer closet in my house. I quit relying on my pastor to pray for me. Now, he, he still does, thank God, and it's kept me. But I quit relying on the faith of somebody else, and I decided, you know what? I, I'm tired of telling other people's miracle stories. I want to tell mine. And I found, a, I found a prayer closet. And hear me today. This kind of stuff, it, it won't happen. It won't happen if you're not dedicated to a prayer life at home. If the only time you can be apostolic is when you walk through these doors, you're not apostolic. The only time that you can pray is when there's somebody standing next to you. And I'm not, I'm not here to condemn anybody today. I'm here to encourage us. Go home. Find a place to pray. And I began to find a prayer closet. I did. I said, God, do whatever you have to do. I began to fast. I began to pray. I said, God, do whatever you had to do. And, and I wanted God to begin to use me in the gifts of the Spirit. I wanted some of my own stories, not so I could glorify myself, but so I could glorify His name and His kingdom. And it was about six years ago that I was at work. And I'm walking and I was fertilizing a lawn. And I began to pray and I was trying to be sensitive and hear the voice of God. And for the first time in my life, God began to speak to me very, very clearly. Call me crazy if this happened. I don't care. And I was walking and I'm fertilizing this lawn. And the Lord spoke to me and said, your brother is about to text you. He's going to ask if he can come stay for the weekend. Now, you see, Brandon had been seeking for the gift of the Holy Ghost for about 12 years at this point. Every time that there was a call for prayer, he'd come, he prayed at these altars many, many, multiple times. Never broke loose. I don't know why. Maybe it was to help me with my faith. Because for 12 years, he sought after the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm, I'm at work, and, and, and the Lord said, your brother's about to text you. He's going to ask if he can come for the weekend. And when he does, you tell him yes, and you tell him I'm going to fill him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Call me crazy. 
About 10, 15 minutes later, my phone dings, and my brother says, hey, I've got the weekend freak. Can I come down and stay with you? I said, absolutely, Brandon. And let me tell you what, God's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He came down, and I'll tell you what, that night in my church in Delphi Avenue in Frankfurt, he walked up front. He stood right about here in the altar. I laid my hands on his head, and after 12 years of seeking, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost as he began to speak with other tongues. I'll tell you what, God will answer your prayer. God will come after you if you will come after him. God will respond to you if you will come after him. It wasn't long after that my church began to pray. There's some young men in my church that have gotten a hold of this. And young men, I'm challenging you today. Get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. we got some young men with some callings on them. And I, I know that God is using them in giftings already. But I'll tell you what. God is ready. God is ready. God is ready. Are we ready? Are we going to step up? Are we going to be used? At 20 years old. Me and a couple other of my young men friends came up to a woman who had been deaf, completely, 100% deaf in one of her ears for 17 years. We laid hands on her and God instantly opened her ears. I'm telling you what, we are seeing a move of the Spirit in the 21st century. We are seeing a move of the Holy... God is not done yet. The greatest miracles in this church have not happened yet. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to have stories, that you're going to have testimony. Oh my God, He is going to move. It was just a few years ago, after I started praying and seeking, that I experienced the glory of God descend from heaven as we began to pray. There was an elderly man in our congregation who had become too nervous to join us in person and didn't want to to contract COVID, so he wasn't coming. But he reached out to my pastor friend, Dylan Jordan, and, and he asked if he and I could meet him at the church to pray. And of course, we were excited. And we met him there, and we began to pray over him. And he shared with us that he was concerned that God did not love him. He was concerned that God was upset with him because he had been running from God for about 40 years. We began to pray against the lies of Satan and we showed him through the scriptures all that God had done for him and how God loved him. And he began to weep and he looked at us both in the face and he said, so God really will save me? I said, yes. And we took him to the sanctuary to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And Dylan baptized him and when he came out of the water, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak with other tongues as he came out of the water. And as I was praying and rejoicing... I looked up and a haze as thick as the morning fog had settled in that room. The visible presence of God, I used to have a video of it on my phone, then my phone broke and I lost it. A literal glory cloud descended into the church as we prayed. The presence of God was so thick that I did not want to leave. Oh, shut up, baby. We stayed and we prayed for hours. I promise you, God will respond when you pray. I've got one more story I'm going to share with you, but if you have faith in this house, I want you to come up here. If you have any needs at all, I want you to come up here. If you're, if you're willing to pray for somebody with needs, I want you to come up here. I've got one more story to share with you. I begin to allow God to use me. 
He's had to break me. But I allowed God to begin to use me. And I, there was a young lady, her name's Lyric. And I asked her if I could share her testimony with you all this morning because she's got a pretty crazy testimony. She said, absolutely. This was three years ago that I met her. She actually was a hairstylist in Lafayette. And I'd go there to get my hair cut and her mom would cut my hair. And I invited her mom to church one day after getting to know them. And they knew a couple of other people from our church. And they began to come. Her mom began to come and was baptized in the name of Jesus, a previous atheist who's still in the church right now, spreading the love of Jesus. But Lyric, you see, when I met Lyric, she was living an alternative lifestyle. She was in an abusive marriage to a woman. But the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. And I didn't care what her life looked like right then. That didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was that I was going to love her where she was. And I showed love to her. And she came on a Sunday morning. Woo! Lyric came on a Sunday morning and God began to move on her and she was baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, God has done a work in her life. It's been three years. She's now married, but to a man. God has changed her life upside. I'll tell you what, she walked in this building. You think she'd been apostolic her whole life. I tell you, God has done a work in her. God has done a move in her life. And, and when she first came, weekly, I'll give her your I'll, I'll give you her number and you can call her and ask her if you want. Weekly she was going through multiple migraines. She had been diagnosed with a tumor in her brain. A tumor in her brain caused her to have severe migraines and though she had been set free from sin and though she had been set free from the alternative lifestyle and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the enemy thought he could still bind her through fear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He thought he could still bind her through fear. And I remember she would call my wife and I in the middle of the night with her husband. And they'd call on speakerphone and I'd have to pray over her because she'd say, the pain's so bad. I, and I'd just keep hearing this voice that's saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. She said, I, I, I just, I don't know what to do, but I feel like I'm going to die. And I'd bind it in the name of Jesus and I'd command it to go and it would leave. But one Sunday morning about two years ago, Standing up on the altar, I was actually singing on the praise team. And God began to speak to me. And he told me to go pray for her. And I came down, I laid my hand. And it has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God's power combined with my faith. Faith is submission. Faith is trust. Faith is belief. It has nothing to do with what I what I know or, or my power. It has everything to do with Him. And I, I trusted God enough to go down and say something crazy. And I laid my hands on her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the tumor to go. And Lyric, right now, you will not have to worry about this from this day forward. It's been two years. And I talked to her last week and I asked, hey, have you had any more problems? She said, I haven't had a migraine. That tumor's gone in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, God will work miracles. God will work miracles. I wish 
somebody would lift their hands with their faith this morning and begin to pray out to God. I know what he said to me. He sent me here because he said, I'm about to answer some memorial prayers. There's some mothers in this church that have been praying for years for God to move. Your prayers have come up as a memorial before the throne of God. God is here to answer some prayers this morning. Now I'm going to ask somebody to step out in faith. The Lord spoke to me and told me that there's a woman here. The Lord spoke to me and told me that there's a woman here who's been dealing with depression, anxiety. And this hasn't just been for a little while. It's been for a long, long, long time. And you've believed that this is just part of who you are. And Satan has lied to you for years. And told you that this is just going to be something you have to deal with for the rest of your life. To confirm it, you've been to the doctor. They prescribed you medication. You don't like it, but you're on it. And if somebody would step out in faith this morning. Now don't come to me after service, please. I want you to respond in faith this morning. If somebody would step out in faith this morning, God's going to set you free. In the name of Jesus, I bind any fear. In the name of Jesus, I command it to go. I need some elders in the church to come pray. I need some ladies of faith to come pray. She said she's done with it. And in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of depression and the spirit of anxiety. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. This is not who you are. This is not who you are. This is not who God has created you to be. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you what, if you'll step out in faith, God will, God will release you. If you'll step out in faith, God will heal you. There's faith in this house. This isn't just for one or two. This is for everybody that would. It's for anybody that would come. I pray right now that you would allow yourself to step out in faith. Be vulnerable.
Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my 